Hello again, this is Chris Lee Blake Lovell, Max Barr of Southeastern 14 for the special mailbag edition. Yeah, that's right. We haven't done one of these before, but I think this is going to be an ongoing thing with us. A reminder, this episode brought to you by Online with NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing. Online has you covered with all the up-to-second odds, news, and scores with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get in on the action, see the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Blake, where do the questions start in today's edition of the basketball mailbag? Well, they start on Twitter where they all came from. If you guys want to send us your tweets when we do these, you can. Now, some of you probably, if you followed my SC basketball stuff for years, you remember I'm Southeast Hoops, the good old days. We were doing this, um, I don't know, probably twice a week for about three or four years. And so um, it's good to see some people adding in questions here that uh, used to chip in on that several years ago. So it's kind of a fun uh, theme continuing there. But all right, <clears throat> here we go. By the way, we've not. I've seen these, but like I have not, we've, we've just uploaded these. None of us have actually like sort of gone in. And so we're just doing this on the fly as if this is a live stream. So, and some of you are listening on the podcast feed and you're not gonna be able to see these. So I'm going to read them all for you on that. All right. First up, uh, Mr. ESPN, longtime follower uh, on Twitter. Does it appear that Coach Cal is back in Big Blue Nation's good graces with this year's 10 and 2 start? Um, I would say yes to that. I think that uh, this is exactly the kind of start that Kentucky fans wanted to see. Is he officially back in good graces? Ask me again in March. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. If you, Blake, you remember how uh, just how insane this offseason was for Kentucky and 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 the all the hate that was put on Cal for his way about going about through the transfer portal and whatnot. Uh, I think this start would, uh, would say, yeah, uh, I think he's back in the graces. This team is is so fun to watch. I don't think it's the 10 to start as much as it is watching what he's assembled and knowing the, the upside for this. I mean, when Reed Shepard is your best player in your freshman class with all the talent they have, when you got Trey Mitchell coming in and, and filling a role, when you got Antonio Reeves returning and scoring at probably a higher clip than ever. Look, you, you watch this team, as we said, for a while now. You can see the ceiling, and the ceiling with this team, I think, is higher than any other team in the conference if every team were to come together and play to its potential. Fair enough. All right. Number two. I have no idea, again, what's going to pop up on the screen here. So hopefully I didn't screenshot <laughs> tweets from something else I shouldn't have. But uh, all right, number two here. Oh, boy. <laughs> of course, this is number two. Uh, uh, I, again, I had no idea this was number two, but it, it was there. And so we had to put it on there. If you're watching, you, you already see what it is. If you're listening, you're like, oh, boy, the suspense is building here. Um, Coach Marshall on Twitter, slash X. Um, how long before... Stackhouse is fired at Vandy. I'll turn that over to Chris. Uh, I'm not. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> Can Coach Marshall coach hoops? Um, there was a. Yeah, I won't go there either. Um, okay. I, 
I'm going to let you answer this, Chris. I, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm not touching this one. <laughs> so. I have I have a little inside info here. Uh, uh, the official line right now is Vanderbilt is sort of defaulting back to Jerry Stackhouse was the SEC coach of the year last year. We just extended the guy, yada, yada, yada. Uh, unofficially, I was in that gym for the Dartmouth game. There were at most 2,500 people there Saturday. I, I was the only media person in attendance. Uh, th th those are not good things. W when you are 200 and something in the net, 300 and something at one point not long ago, that's not good. I, I just do not think this team is any good. His recruiting has not been good. I think Vanderbilt's going to get outnumbered by other team's fans multiple times in that gym this year. That's expected for football. That That's not been a thing for basketball. Um, I, I think the question is how how much of a tolerance does Vanderbilt have for it to get ugly? I, I do not think Vanderbilt wants to make a change, but I think if it is as ugly as it's been, as I think it's going to be, Vanderbilt might not have much of a choice by the time we get to mid-March. We'll see. What if they go 3-15 and 15 in SEC play? I think there's a change. Five and what would that be? Why can't I do math? Five and 13. <laughs> De depends on who the five are and when the five are. I, I could see them finding a glimmer of optimism if those are at the end and they knock off. A, I don't have the order of their schedule in front of me. A Kentucky, a, a Tennessee, a somebody like that. And the narrative is they're getting better, which which I wouldn't buy. But that is how I think it would play out. Still got time to make a late season push like they did last year. We'll see if they can do it. it. It seems like a tougher challenge this season. All right. On to the next question. George Bagwell on Twitter slash X. What team not named Tennessee, Kentucky, or Auburn has the best chance of making the second weekend? Hmm. <sighs> hmm. I'll let you guys guess what my choice would be right now, but. I think I, I mean know. I think A and M I, I feel like is probably the safest answer. Um, you know we also see a saw a great A and M team get ousted by Penn State last year in the first round. Um, I I'm sticking with my answer here. It's if it's not A and M, it's Alabama. It's my choice. So sorry, it's just it's a tournament atmosphere. It's tournament play. Matchups matter. So it's really hard to say this without seeing a bracket. I'm going to default back to my answer that I always say when anybody asks about the tournament before March. I have to see a bracket first, but I would say I wouldn't care what the bracket looked like. My, my guess is Alabama could put up 85 against whoever's in their bracket or more. And so that always gives them a chance. They could also give up 85 or more to their first-round opponent and lose. So, But if it's not A&M, I'll pick Alabama. That's a tough one. That is definitely a tough one. As of right now, as of what we have seen so far, my answer would be Alabama. Uh, Chris, you and I just the, earlier this morning were talking about how insane the offensive efficiency is mm -hmm. for Alabama. Just unbelievable numbers that they're putting up. They're a full, like, over two points of efficiency better than Purdue at number two in the in the nation. So and, and it hasn't come against bad competition. Like, I really don't see this number changing that much. Um, so I'm going to go with Alabama because – you put them on a neutral floor. Um, 
pretty much against, I mean, there's only a few handful select teams that they're going to be underdogs to um, as of right now. So I'll go Bama. If it's not Bama, um, I'll be honest, I kind of like the way that Florida is coming together with their guards and rebounding. Um, but I'll go with Alabama. I don't think I could answer it much better than you guys did. That the question is, how much defense does Alabama have to play to advance? Can can they beat teams ninety nine to ninety five or whatever it'll be? I mean, defense was Alabama's undoing a couple years ago. That's why that team could never play evenly from start to finish. I don't know if that's the kind of season we're looking at. Alabama did drop all of its big games out of conference for the most part. I mean, beat Indiana State and and got another one in there somewhere that are potential wins against NCAA tournament teams. But, I mean, hey, they, they just may be able to to line up and, and beat everybody 1980s NBA style. You can't put that past Alabama. I'll also add my other answer. Uh, maybe the safest answer is not a Maybe the safest answer is Arkansas because yeah. they've been the team that's done it the past three years. So, um, I know Arkansas fans are screaming at the, at the, the, the screen right now. But, like, yeah, maybe Arkansas is the best bet because if you go by the trends, the – the trend suggests that they will be the team that makes it the furthest. Yeah. So, I mean, so I, I, I'd put Arkansas in there very high on that list. I know they're whatever 10th in our power rankings this week, but like, I'm not, not counting out the must bus just yet. That thing's not completely been taken apart for parts and all that just yet. It's, it's not in the junkyard. Like it's still on the road. As long as you're on the road, you got a chance. So, um, there you go. All right. On to the next one. Jared asks, uh, of the top teams, who has the most to prove after non-conference play? Uh, he says schedule strength is pivotal. I mean, if I was about to say Arkansas, but like technically they're not a top team right now, so I can't probably can't go there. Um, if we were doing preseason rankings, that would be the easy one. I'd say Arkansas has the most to prove. But of the top teams, who has the most to prove? Um, I mean, if it's... Again, is Alabama the easy choice, like just based on the fact they have five losses? But I don't, I don't know. Maybe at Auburn or A&M, just based on – I think those are two teams that are still searching for significant wins to this point. So maybe one of those is the best choice. I was going to go with Auburn. I was going to go with Auburn just because we haven't seen them uh, – I haven't won a Ken Palm top 60 game yet, right? So um, – You'd like to see those guards pull out a close one on the road. You know, they'll have a bunch of opportunities coming up here. Not a not a top team normally, but you do have an undefeated team here that that has a lot of question marks around it in, in Ole Miss. So definitely not a perennial top team. But if we're looking at teams that have a lot to prove, uh, I, man, I'm looking at I'm looking at Ole Miss and Auburn. Yeah, Ole Miss was the first answer that came to mind. Uh, Ole Miss unbeaten, the only team in the league, as you mentioned. The computers do not love Ole Miss. Also, Ole Miss has not played a lot at schedule at full strength, which accounts for some of that. Uh, so I, I think that's the clear answer to me. Dark Horse would be South Carolina. Ooh. Um, you know, 13-1 start, not against a, a lot of great teams, only lost to Clemson in a close one. Um, I don't know if South Carolina's got a lot to prove. It's not like Lamont Paris was – you know, NCAA tournament or bus coming into the season, but that's that's kind of an interesting one to watch based on the start. I would have said Ole Miss or South Carolina, but I think I was trying to stick to the question in terms of like the top teams. Top teams. I, I know Max has Ole Miss as a top top tier team, but I, I was thinking like top five. Well, they're they're ranked. Well, okay. 
I try. I like to push the Southeastern 14 rankings more than I like to push the absurd AP poll. <laughs> so you can give me the rank stuff all you want. Um, we had South Carolina at nine this week in our power rankings. So like, I didn't view them as a top team in the league right now, even though we've said a lot of good things about them and the same right. with Ole Miss. So, but yes, I, if you want to go that route, then I, I would say, yeah, Ole Miss, South Carolina are the slam dunk choices for this one. Um, if we want to technically classify them in that group. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, all right, on to number five here. My kind of question now. Now we're getting into my kind of questions here. Daniel, uh, Missouri fan on Twitter. What should be Mizzou's goal going forward with conference play starting? Uh, should they start playing the younger guys more? Do they still have a shot at the the big dance? I mean, they still got a shot, right? Everybody's technically still got yeah. a shot. And Missouri's not. I mean, they're eight and five. It's not ideal, but like they're still, they still have a chance. I mean, you know, it's if you take the Jackson state loss off of there, which you can't um, like, we'd probably be looking at Missouri right now. as kind of that, I don't know, sixties to seventies type team, you know, from the computers and all that. So you'd still be firmly in the mix. They're at 88 in Ken Palm right now. I don't know where they're at in the net. You guys know, I don't care. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So I, do they still have a shot? Sure. They do. What should their goal be? I mean, again, right now, do I think it's an NCAA tournament team? No. I just think they've got to get a lot better to be an NCAA tournament team. Um, and, you know, again, their best win to this point is Pitt. And after that, there's pretty much nothing. And so uh, that they would have to – it's different than last year because last year they started 12-1, and one, right? Um, they went 11-7 and seven in league play. Like, it's going to – I don't know if they go 11-7 and seven again this year in conference play. I I don't think that's enough. I think they got to win more than that. Um of course, it always matters who those games are against, too, right? And we talked about in the predictions video for this weekend, they've got a tough opening slate here, and they need to pick up some wins. Um, you know, Kentucky, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, A&M, South Carolina again, Arkansas. Like, they've they've got to pick up some good wins in the front half of the schedule. It's just rotation-wise, like, should they play the young guys? They're going to play a lot of guys no matter what. So, I they can still get there, but it's a – it's going to be a climb for Missouri this year. Yeah, should they play the young guys more? I'm sure Dennis Gates would like that, but all these guys have insanely high foul rates. Aiden Shaw and Jordan Butler can't stay on the floor. Uh, fouling over uh, Aiden Shaw's foul rate per 40 minutes is 6.1, and Butler's is 7.5. Well, you know, you would like those guys to contribute more, but um, they're struggling to defend without fouling. Um, still have a shot? Yes, everyone still has a shot. I mean, look at some of these home games that they have coming up. Uh, home against South Carolina, home against Florida. Uh, you get home against uh, down the stretch there coming down. Yeah, home against uh, Ole Miss down the road, home against Auburn, and then your away games aren't that bad either. You get to go to LSU away. Uh, you get to go to Bandy away. You get to go to South Carolina away. So there's definitely opportunities for this team to pick up some some resume-building resume wins. Um what is their goal going forward? I think just toughness, scrappiness, get back to that Mizzou, that Mizzou nastiness of last year, you know, forcing turnovers and such, finding ways to win. Um, Cause you can't use the same formula as last year's team, just a different team. I would say just, just finding ways to win. Even if it's close games, just finding ways to battle is what I'm looking for. My answer to that question would be what young guys? Cause let me give to you the, the graduating classes of the guys on this team from high school. Nick Otter, 2018. John Tanjay, 2019. Connor Vanover, 2018. 
Sean East, 2019. Caleb Brill, 2019. Saywin Noah Carter. Um, now, the, the younger guys, comparatively, Tamar Bates, 2021. Aiden Shaw, 2022. Um, I, maybe those guys get a little more playing time. Shaw's been a real shot blocker on the defensive end. Um, Tamar Bates was thought to be a better fit in this offense. I, I just don't think you have a lot of choice if you're Dennis Gates. That roster, in terms of who's playing, is old, and that's what sh- that's the hand you're dealt. Yeah. Definitely going to play a lot of young guys next year, <clears throat> given the, the class they're going to have coming in. So, yeah, I don't know with Mizzou this year. I, you know, Dennis Gates my guy, but we'll, we'll see if this team can kind of make up some ground here. It's going to be tough, I think. But – all right, number six here. I already know what this one is. Gene, of course, on Twitter. Um, yeah, Gene. Is there any team in the league that can legitimately challenge Auburn for the regular season title, or is it just already a foregone conclusion for the Tigers? I mean, let's be honest. It's a foregone conclusion. Why are we even doing videos? The Auburn Tigers have already won the 23-24 SEC World Heavyweight Championship. Okay? They have <laughs> – I mean – the tournaments in Nashville and a couple, we're not, why, why even go to the tournament? Auburn's already won the thing. Like, you know, I like suspense in my basketball and we're just not getting that this season with the Auburn Tigers run, running away with, I, I believe they're, they're going to go, what, probably 18 and 0 would be my guess. So that's my guess, Gene. Can anybody challenge them? I just, I don't know. Like, unless we're bringing out the, you know, the Celtics of the old days, the Showtime Lakers. Like, I just, I don't know. The Bulls of, of 98, like, I don't know, Gene. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think the only team that can challenge them probably is uh, Ole Miss. Yeah. Oh, boy. There's a shot. <laughs> hey, uh, two can play this game. Two can play this game. Uh, no, all, all good fun. Um, hey, hey, I mean, good for Auburn fans, you know, this year. They've, they've got a squad. Uh, so there's a lot to be excited about in there with Auburn. Okay, guys, my, my list, seriously, uh, to me it's a five-team list. It's Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee – in Texas A&M. I'm, I'm a little shakier on A&M than I was preseason based on performance. We have also seen that before out of Texas A&M recently, uh, as recently as last year. Um, so is, is there, I mean, Florida, maybe Arkansas based on preseason expectations, uh, not, not on performance so far. Mississippi State, I'm, I'm just not sure offensively that team's good enough. To, to me, it's, it's in all seriousness, probably a five-team discussion with apologies to Ole Miss. Blake, is that fair? I would answer that, but, Chris, we're doing a mailbag, and you are getting ahead of yourselves because there are other questions oh, that pertain okay. to you answering those questions. Um, so I think we're just going to stick with Gene's very lighthearted Auburn remark here and then i think you'll be able to answer that question in just a few minutes from another question if that makes sense sure so. maybe i hope because i'm pretty sure there's another question that asked the same thing but yes yeah, so i would agree with you in case there's not max would agree too i think yeah unless we're going to throw in old miss well they've already won it well that's true <laughs> um okay so speaking of old miss there's the next question from the Juju Murray. This is the official. I'm just kidding. It's not. Him. <laughs> um, will Ole Miss shock the world on Saturday against the Vols? No. Well, certainly <laughs> a chance. Here comes a shocker right here. Certainly a chance. Answer. Um, if I'm being honest, the honest, if I'm being honest, I I do I would I would say no. And and Blake Blake had a great point about this in our preview video. 
Um, Ole Miss's three-point shooting has been phenomenal, but they haven't faced anybody with the perimeter pressure that Tennessee applies. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested to see if that affects the Ole Miss offense, see if it affects the flow of everything. Um, but, hey, you can't – you cannot – Count Chris Beard out. I've said time and time again, uh, this guy is a top five, top ten coach in the country. He's just proven it time and time again over the past few seasons. Um, don't underestimate him. All right, this is a that forget the name Ole Miss. Forget the name Ole Miss. It's not Ole Miss. It's Chris Beard with five guys and a few guys off the bench. That's this team, and I think I think it's gonna be a close game. But man, tough to play at Tennessee. No. <clears throat> Well, that was pretty straightforward as well. Chris yep. and I going the straightforward route. Max going the politician route with his Ole Miss Rebels. Um, again, it's, it is what it is. So, all right. Uh, there we go. That's a good one. So, I think, Chris, we can tie actually the question you had into there this. There you go. Because I, I think this would, we're going to pick one, but I think w- this is the one I was thinking of in terms of like the conversation about who realistically could you put in this category. All right. So, Connor asks, if you had to bet your house on a team to win the SEC, which, by the way, I would not, who would you put your money on? So this is where I think we get into how many teams are legitimately in this conversation if you had to go this far and say you're betting your house on this. I, I think there's five teams, like you said, Chris, that can win the league. I feel like and that I think that's more than we've had in recent years. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I think that's probably a higher number than we've had in recent years. Um but to me, if I'm betting my house, <laughs> there's only two teams that I'm betting my house potentially on, and that is Tennessee and Kentucky. And if I had to choose right now, I would bet on Tennessee. Well, if we are taking odds from our good friends over at Bet Online, the current front runners for SEC conference winner, you have Tennessee at plus 275, Auburn at plus 400. A&M at plus 600, Kentucky plus 650, and then Alabama Alabama plus 700. It's plus 650. If you are listening to this right now and you see that that is still available, we do not give – we are not responsible for your bets here. But if Kentucky has the fourth best odds of winning the SEC right now, run as fast as you can to bet on that because – I, I just, uh, yeah, I, wow. I don't think so. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, my answer to the question was Kentucky. Mm. We talked about how on a neutral floor, what the what the odds would be, uh, the problems that this team presents. Plus 650, folks, is if you need rent for April coming out of, coming out of, out of uh, college basketball season, here's your rent money for April, uh, Kentucky, plus 650. That's my, that's my pick. Well, Connor, if I'm betting my house, I'm going out and purchasing a tiny house because this. Let me give you the projected Ken Palm standings in the league. Tennessee 13 and 5, Alabama 13 and 5, Auburn 13 and 5, Kentucky 12 and 6, Texas A&M 11 and 7, Mississippi State 10 and 8, Florida 10 and 8, everybody else from there 8 and below. Everybody with at least 6 wins except for Vanderbilt which has 2. Point being, a lot of balance in the league. But if I had to bet my newly purchased tiny house, it would be on Kentucky. I'm one with Blake. I, I was listening to Max reading off the odds. I'm like, wait, did did, did he skip Kentucky? Um, th- that that is the team that I think, based on the way it's played and the ceiling, based on the talent, 
I think Tennessee or Kentucky are the two teams that I would probably bet on. I'd probably have to look at the schedules a little bit more in detail because I don't have the the play a team twice memorized, and maybe that's the tie break. But my gut feeling is if I'm going to bet a house on somebody, it would be Kentucky. Yeah, and, and I think, again, to, to piggyback off of what I said a minute ago with Chris answering Gene's question, like if you had to bet on a team, let's just say you're not betting the house, but if you had to bet on – you get a certain number of teams you could bet on to win the league. I think it's five. I, I think unless I know Chris said five, Max five, four, or you wouldn't, you maybe you wouldn't bet on AM. Um, one, two, three, four, five. I have five. You would have AM in there? Yeah. You got to okay. understand Boots Radford. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're all in agreement there then. Um, but yeah, tiny house. Whatever you're betting, run and bet Kentucky. Bet online right now if that's the number still. So, all right, uh, moving on to the next one here, which I probably don't have yet pulled up. So, it's a great time to tell you that we appreciate you watching here, everything at Southeastern 14. Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well. We always appreciate it. All right, on to the next one. <laughs> that's another great, <laughs> another great serious question from Brett. Not just Brett, big baller Brett. If you want to find Big Baller Brett, you can do that on Twitter, by the way. Uh, he's there. At Big Baller Brett, uh, Triple B asks, uh, who will win the SEC Player of the Year, and why is it Mark Sears? Well, I mean, why would it be Mark Sears? Because he is a, an absolute dynamo when it comes to um, his play this season. He's been fantastic, scoring double figures in every game. Um, you know, he's just, yeah, he's doing Mark Sears things. His assist numbers are great. He's rebounding. Um not really turning the ball over a ton for somebody that handles the ball as much as he does. And so Mark Sears, a great choice, gentlemen. Um, but there are also some other guys I think that would be in that conversation. Uh, in my opinion, one Wade Taylor, um, Dalton Connect. I'm going to forget somebody off the top of my head, Jani Broom, um, all those kind of guys. But yes, Mark Sears will be on that short list. Yeah. I mean, we put out that, uh, we put out that tweet from the, the Twitter Southeastern 14 Twitter account of, of average uh, points per game. And, and Mark Sears is just having an unbelievable start to the season. That, that spacing is just helping him out so much. Um, but if you look at Ken Palm's uh, player of the year rankings, the top one in the SEC is Janai Broom, just because of his efficiency and the numbers that he'll put up. It, you know, I think of MVP as a, as a stat award a lot of times, you know, um, and Broom is going to have that offensive that and defensive numbers that are just going to fly off the page. So if it's Mark Sears, it's because he is the catalyst of the number one offense in the country. You know, that's why. Um, but I think that uh, if I'm being honest, I think Broom probably has the, the better chance in the long run just because of his conglomerate of numbers he's going to put up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the question with the question and, and get your – you guys' input on this. If, if you had to pick a five for shortlist for player of the year right now, I'm going I'm to give you mine with, with maybe a sixth. Um, I, I think it's probably Sears, Janai Broom, uh, Tyree Samuel, Reed Shepard, and Josiah Jordan-James. Maybe Henry Coleman the third. He's had a really good year. I, I know he wasn't even the main guy on his team. He, I mean, in fact, the preseason player of the year came from A&M. And it was not Henry Coleman. Is that a good starting point, or would you add someone else to that list, guys? Blake, you want to go first? 
Um, I was busy looking them up, so I don't even hear oh, what okay. Chris said. Um, so I was. Would you like my five that. again? Sure. Okay. Uh, my my five, if I had to make a short list, would be Sears, Janai Broom, um, Tyree Samuel, Reed Shepard, and Josiah Jordan James. With with Henry Coleman, if you wanted a sixth. Hmm. Mine's a little bit different. Well, you give yours then. All right, I'll go Reed Shepard, Mark Sears. I think those are top two. Janai Broom. But then I would go um, Antonio Reeves because I think he's going to be the top scorer on the best team. And then I would go uh, the the one of Henry Coleman or Wade Taylor um, as my fifth. Yeah, I like the first four that Max said, and I would go Wade Taylor. Um, I think – yeah, there's a possibility for Dalton Connect. I think right now, yeah. maybe not, but like he can get there. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I think Antonio Reeves has to be in there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, two Kentucky guys, three other guys, it's probably about right to, to me right now. So, um, I mean, I think Grant Nelson's kind of a sneaky one. Maybe not right now, yeah. but like he could, he could beat out Sears eventually, perhaps. But um, no, I, I think that's about right. So. I, I would push back on Wade Taylor right now. I think he's a phenomenal player. I, I think that the Radford absence, I'm sure, is hurt. But he's got an effective field goal percentage right now at 45%, guys. And he's turning it over nearly five times per 40 minutes. Um, could he be the player of the year? Ab absolutely. Is that underperformance? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, are we basing player of the year on what they've done in the resume so far? If we are, I just don't think he's in that discussion right now, but that could change. I agree. I would still keep him in there. Um, cause I think you could use the caveat that he's been playing without the second best yeah. player on the team who takes some of the pressure off of him. And if you just turn, if you just take some of his turnover numbers now, I get the effective field goal percentage and all that, but he, he'd be getting better shots too. So yeah. um, right. I'd still keep him in there, but he may he may be fifth on that list. Um, I'd still keep him in there, maybe. But all right, Sam, noted Tennessee fan here. Sam asked, "Does Tennessee have enough post depth to make a serious run?" Um, I mean, I don't. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that when you consider kind of what Tennessee is playing. Because, I mean, technically, right, it's like you got multiple guys that you could classify as the post. Um, you know, I know Josiah Jordan-James is 6'7", but the thing I've always said with him is, like, he can play anywhere. So, like, if you need him to play in that kind of spot, he can. Um, you've got a do, you've got a Waka. Um, I think that's enough to me because all those guys are a little different in terms of what they bring to the table. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, like we said too, with Tennessee, just the way they play their physicality on defense, they're going to have games where they get called for fouls and, you know, it's just, can you afford some of that depth, whether it's having certain guys have to come in and play more minutes? I think right now they're okay. I, I like Tennessee's depth and they've got more depth on the perimeter in terms of guys that can do things there, but I still think that they're fine with that. Yeah. Would I, would I say that they're, they're post depth, is the reason that they'll make a serious run? Yeah, no, no. But do they have it? Most definitely. Not a lot of teams uh, can bring off one of the best offensive rebounders in the nation off the bench, right? So, is it enough? Yes, definitely. It's enough. You got a, you got a great one-two punch with some really physical 
guys that can can play a little undersized in the post also. But is that the main reason why they'll make the run? Uh, no, I don't think so. Do I understand where the concern's coming from? Yeah, I do. It's not the tallest team around, but these guys are built like football players, yeah. and their physical is all get out. And then let me just give you some stats, okay? Blake, you, you started with where I would have started. Josiah Jordan James is, is maybe not the, the first guy you'd pick to play in the post. Has he played that kind of role before them? But with them, absolutely he has. Um, let me give you some numbers per 70 possessions on rebounds and blocks. Uh, Josiah and Jordan James, 9.2 rebounds, one point, I'm sorry, 0.8 blocks. Here's where it gets a little bit better. Um, let me find it. Jonas Adu, 11.6 rebounds, two and a half blocks. Again, that's per 70 possessions. And finally, if I can find it, um, Toby Awaka, 15.2 rebounds, 2.6 blocks per 70 possessions. Uh, w- when those guys are on the floor, there there's plenty of getting stuff done underneath between the blocks and the rebounds. Hey, we're putting this team under the microscope because it's very, very good. Most teams don't check the boxes in the way Tennessee just did there. Yep, I agree. All right, on to the next one. It is uh, BG asks, uh, player who you, you think pro- – so basically a player whose production will drop in SEC play and a player who you think will rise in SEC play. Um, so there's a lot of ways you go with this. And, you know, sure, I guess if you want to pick a guy that could drop, you could probably just be like, okay, who's someone that just had a ridiculous start? And once you get into the grind of SEC play, maybe those numbers drop off a little bit. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like, Michi Johnson's the third leading scorer in the league right now, right? Do I think he's going to finish the third leading scorer? Probably not. Um but he may, and you know, South Carolina is going to be in good shape if he does. So, like, that's probably like the easiest ones to pick, just based on like numbers. If you just go straight numbers, because it's hard, I think, otherwise to pick guys who are just going to drop off, um, unless you just do it that way, just based on the fact that a team starts playing a tougher schedule, the numbers go down a little bit, and all that. But I, I'll probably focus more on the guys who will probably be a bit um, better, uh, you know, start to kind of make their move up. Um. I mean, you know, there's so many ways you could go with this. Uh, I mean, like to me, I, I know it's been a frustrating start, but like I do think Devo Davis's value as an SEC player and the amount of SEC games that he's played, I think he's going to still, you know, I, I know Arkansas fans have been frustrated. The numbers haven't been what you thought they'd be at times, but I do think that value is going to once again be on display once you get into SEC competition. I just think it's going to happen. Um, so he'd be one that I would put in there. I was trying to pick another one just to have someone else uh, to choose from. Without, can I go Tolu Smith? I think his production will go. <laughs> I mean, um, he's only played one game at this point. But uh, Riley Kugel is the other one that I. That's yeah. the one I was trying to think of. Uh, I, I just think it's. We know it's there. I mean, let's be honest here. This guy is what, O of eighteen in his last four games from three that's just called a shooting slump. Like it's just a slump and guys that I think are as good as he is and has proven before that he can make shots consistently. That's not going to continue. So Riley Kugel uh, would probably be at the top of my list, but I I would put Devo on there too. I just think his, his experience is going to be invaluable in SEC play. Yeah. I think that I was going to say cool too. I was, I was waiting for you to say him. 
if there's one guy that can drop, I mean, this is a hard thing to predict. Um, so, you know, just looking at who is outperforming their, their career numbers the most, I would say Sean East, uh, Mizzou, um, is just having an unbelievable start to the year, especially his shooting numbers are so much better than his, his career averages. He honestly just might've taken a huge leap this year and these numbers, you know, might, might stick with now how much of a usage rate he's going to have without Caleb Grill. But if there's one guy that might like come back down to a, to a, an average with his, his shooting numbers, you might see Shawnee's come back down to earth. And I was, I was going to say Riley Kugel, you know, that's, that's the obvious choice. Um, but you know, Devo is there also, I think maybe, uh, you can you can say DJ Jeffries of, of Mississippi State just has has really not done much um, offensively for them yet and kind of a big piece of that that team last year, um, but yeah it's got to be Riley Kugel it's got to be. Man, you guys have thrown some good ones out there. My my first one, um, and we discussed this a minute ago in, in terms of guys that, that can play better. Wade Taylor, I cited the percentages. I didn't realize Debo Davis has been as off the mark as he's been for Arkansas. And, and looking at the the per minute and, and the rate stuff, it's kind of alarming. Um, I mean, he could he could fall out of bed and play better than this. Effective field goal percentage forty three percent, true shooting forty seven percent, points per seventy possessions nine point one. Uh, that that I didn't feel like we're talking about the same guy. Um, the, the Riley Kugel pick uh, was, was a great one. We've talked about that. So I, I think those are three guys near the top of the list. Sean East, as you mentioned, East has never scored at that kind of level before. Right. Um, the, the guy, and, and this is going to be interpreted negatively, and I don't mean it like this, but, okay, this guy is shooting 73% from the field in terms of effective field goal percentage, 90% from the line. 2.7 turnovers or uh, assists per turnovers. That's Reed Shepard. Um, I'm not sure that you could bring Michael Jordan into this league. It, it um, you know, back when he played in college and, and keep up that kind of production. Uh, I, I think Reed Shepard's a, a phenomenal player. I, I probably would put him number one on my list for player of the year. I, do I think he's going to have a good season the rest of the way? Yes, I do. I don't know that anybody can continue at that kind of level of efficiency that he's at. But I mean, you have to ask the question, are we sure that Reese Shepard is not Michael Jordan? <laughs> I mean, we if have we've seen to him in the same that. room, we have to consider that as well. Um, so no, I, we'll, we'll see. I I'm, I'm not, I'm not banking on Reese Shepard dropping off. I think he's, We'll I mean, there's a lot of options for Kentucky. So, like statistically, yeah, there's a lot of guys that could drop off, right. maybe. But yeah, that's um, there's no Reed Reed Shepherd slander here on this channel, Chris. None, none. All right, next question. Matt Jackson um, wants to know any bold predictions on the biggest surprise and disappointments of league play. Oh boy. Ooh. I'll let you guys go first on this. I'm not, I'm not being on the spot on this one. Biggest surprise? Uh, I'll, I'll start with I'll start with biggest uh, I'll start with biggest disappointment. Um, if and if we're talking about just just size of fan base and, and who would in expectations, I think you, you got to say the biggest disappointment 
to from what we've seen so far has got to be Arkansas with just how how much we were raving about them in the offseason. All these these portal gets and, and getting Trevon Brazil back and Devo Davis and all that stuff. So if there's been a biggest disappointment, it would be it would be Arkansas not like not making the tournament, right? Because right now I don't think they're projected in by the the bracketology. That would be my biggest disappointment, judging from our preseason expectations. And then biggest surprise, you gotta go with South Carolina, right? I mean, we we gave these guys we didn't give these guys a chance in the preseason, and they're, they've just they've done nothing but prove us wrong almost every time they've gone out to play. So I'm gonna go biggest surprise, Gamecocks. Biggest disappointment, Razorbacks. Okay, but if Max, if you're projecting it ahead, if you're projecting what are going to be the biggest surprises or disappointments this the rest of the way, would you still say it's going to be Arkansas and South Carolina? Uh, okay, I see. Um, no, but okay, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, no, I would say, I would say biggest, uh, I would say biggest surprise is uh, Texas A&M continues to play the way they they have been playing this this non-conference. You get Tyrese Radford back, and you're expecting to start, you know, getting back right into where we were last season. And you, you know, you hiccup a few times. You got Auburn away, Kentucky home, Arkansas away. Right after this LSU game, could easily start one and four and just kind of slide down. I would, I think that would be a big surprise or, or a big disappointment. And then biggest surprise, I think we have one of those LSU uh, Georgia teams down there really perform well. Georgia's got that nasty defense with all that length. And I just I keep talking about LSU and how they've changed with Jalen Cook. I would say biggest surprise is Georgia or LSU really makes a push. I think this is the best question of the mailbag so far, at least if, if we're judging best by toughest, because man, this one isn't easy. Um because I, I didn't catch that until Blake pointed out. I think what he's wanting us to do is project. Right. Um Maybe Florida's the biggest surprise. I just think there's there's a lot there with this team as you look into it. As we pointed out, Riley Kugel hasn't really done Riley Kugel things yet. Uh, Max, if you're we're going to go off the radar, I think you just maybe hit mine in, in Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a team that's won, what, eight in a row? Right. And again, not not a lot of great wins in there, but team teams all over this country are dropping games they shouldn't drop. There's something to be said for consistency. Um. And disappointment. I, I don't know. I, I'll probably feel stupid for saying this, and I don't know that I believe it. But I've, I've just got my eye on Arkansas. Going, what am I looking at? Blake, what about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give some bold predictions. Keep in mind these are these are bold for a reason. Um, maybe one of them is. I don't know about the other. I'll, I'll say South Carolina makes the NCAA tournament. Um, because I think right now, even though they'd be in, I just don't think people think it's going to hold. Um, and maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Again, the depth they don't have the depth that a lot of other teams have, and so if you get an injury somewhere, that can throw it off and and all that. And it's just it's not going to be easy to sustain this. I think, but I'll pick that as one because I think that's at least got a a percentage, a decent percentage chance that that could happen. Um, even though again the projections would suggest that they don't have that same opportunity as many other teams in front of them. So I'll go with that one. Then my second one, why not? I mean, again, these are bold predictions, right? He wants bold predictions. I'm going to give him a bold prediction. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that Alabama wins the conference. Um, that's ah, my, my other nice. bold prediction. That's just, you know, again, I could, 
I could probably do the same thing by saying Auburn wins or A&M wins or any of those five teams that we mentioned earlier. I just think Tennessee and Kentucky are kind of the no-brainers right now to pick. So if you want a bold prediction outside the group, you guys are like, I know you guys already like laugh at me about this. Auburn fans have had their fun, but like, I'll just keep on the Alabama theme right now. Like, we'll just, we'll see what happens here. Um, and I'll just, I'll say that. I'll see Alabama. Maybe the better is like Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky or Alabama, a trio of teams all finish with the same record or something. And then by technicality, Alabama wins the, the league. So um, there you go. Like I liked your answer the best, honestly, because because I think the the bold element was you did the best of attacking that uh, South Carolina. I'm just gonna is a sidebar. Let me just throw this out. Ken Palm's got South Carolina going eight and ten in the league, which will put the Gamecocks at 2011. We did see, I think, did did Arkansas not make it an eight and ten a year ago? Um, if Ken yeah, Palm's but- right, that's that team's gonna be right there, maybe. I think they need more than eights because I okay. they don't have the body of work to this point. To I think they've got to go at least ten and eight. Um, I just just looking at the schedule, I because again their best win right now is Grand Canyon, so I just Virginia that's not Tech. enough. Well, either one, Whatever I think it's kind worth. of yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll just I'll take a shot on that one. Like I said I, I'm just I'm going bold here. I'm just just making bold projections, and so I will. I will go with that. Um, maybe I can slip Auburn in there too. How about Alabama or Auburn will win the SEC? There's my bowl. That way, just keep both fan bases happy. Um, so there you go. All right. Speaking of Alabama, I know this is coming from an Alabama fan. Um, Captain Gump of House Bama. Um, who is the best? Who is best set to expose Alabama's trouble with big men? Auburn, Tennessee, the entire league. <laughs> I mean, he's got quite a few choices there, I think, Max, uh, in terms of which team could could expose Alabama in, in different areas. Like I said, I just, you know, picked them to win the league as a bold projection. But um, there's plenty of teams that could expose that. Yeah, I mean, this is the SEC is just loaded with big men this year. I think if you're looking at a team that could expose it the best, you got to have an athletic team that knows how to get to the free throw line and expose that defensive free throw rate that, Alabama has been having so much trouble with and honestly for me right now it would be it would be Texas A&M I think Henry Coleman and Anderson Garcia might combine for 40 rebounds against Alabama <laughs> you know so um, I mean but you could really take your pick of the litter with it I mean almost there's really not a team except for you get down towards the bottom um, there's only a few teams that really don't have a strong front court um, so I would I would probably say Texas A&M or Tennessee but I mean you got you got Auburn, you got Kentucky, Florida's got some beasts. I mean, you can you can kind of answer this any way you want. I think Tennessee, certainly for reasons we underlined earlier, I think NAM's a good pick. I mean, Auburn is a team that comes to mind just because it's got so much experienced front court depth. I mean, you've got Cardwell, Williams, Broom. Yeah, um, I, I'm leaving somebody out too. I think that's one because if you get an award of attrition with fouls, Auburn's got about as many quality experienced bodies as anybody in this league. So I think that one could be a challenge. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Um, there. All right, we finish up with this one. Um, we started earlier with a coaching question. We finished with a coaching question. Garrett asked, does Matt McMahon make it to season three LSU? Um, 
I've got my answer, but I'll let you guys go first. I think it's an easy, yeah, uh, easy yes. I mean, you've seen what this guy can do in the transfer por- transfer portal, excuse me, and and bring in the shooting. He he understands the the blueprint of what you need to win in this league. You need rebounding and and, and spacing offensively. Brought in exactly that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, does he make it to season three? Yeah, I think this is NCAA tournament team, no doubt. It wasn't an easy situation for him to take over. Um, you know, look, if they go two and 16, then, then maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're going to go two and 16. I, I think he does. Yeah, I think so. Um, their schedule's not – the interesting part of their schedule is they get Vanderbilt twice, they get Georgia twice. Um I think they get Missouri once. You know, I mean, other games, yeah, there's there's some challenges, but I think at least getting Georgia and Vanderbilt twice, just based on where projections are right now for those teams, not the not terrible, although they do get Alabama twice. Um, they only get Tennessee once, A&M twice. So, you know, again, scheduling matters on these kind of things. But I, I just don't – I can't – like I said, unless – Chris mentioned they go two and 16 again, then I'd say that's definitely on the table. Um, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to, they're going to win more. They're going to probably double that at least. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, it's like what kind of pressure is there? I know it sounds silly, but you know, these uh, States just rolling teams, right? I mean, they're, they're 11 and two. And is there just a portion of that, you know, at LSU and I know how the will Wade thing ended, but like, does that play a role? Like if they just completely, I'm not saying they're bringing it back. I'm just saying like, you're going to have people and boosters or whatever kind of push and say, well, look what's happening. You know, our program's this or that. And it's just reality of things. But um, yeah, I think I would say yes to this question. All right. That's it. Chris, you're off the hot seat. (laughs) All right. It's good to be off the hot seat. Well, hey, that, that that's the first time we've ever done the mailbag like this. I enjoyed it. think we'll be doing it again. Uh, so thank you to all who submitted questions. Uh, be, be watching for this. I think uh, hopefully this will be a repeat feature. This has been Southeastern 14's Mailbag Edition presented by our friends at Bet Online.